Welcome to the First Church Orlando podcast. Here you will find recordings of weekly sermons, devotions, interviews, and seminar recordings from the First United Methodist Church of Orlando. For more information about First Church Orlando, please visit our website at firstchurchorlando.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Now, enjoy the podcast. Throughout our series, This Is My Story, we've mostly been telling you stories from the Bible. Uh, but from time to time, we've, we've taken a step back from the story to talk a little bit about, about teaching. Uh, and of course, with Jesus, we, we have to do that because so much of his ministry was teaching. A couple of weeks ago, uh, Pastor Emily talked about the Sermon on the Mount. And today we want to focus on, on one of the other aspects of Jesus's teachings, one of his other topics that he taught about a lot, and we thought probably the best way to do that today would just be in the form of a conversation. So today's sermon is just going to be a little bit different. Uh, If I were to ask you uh, what topic Jesus talked about more than any other, uh, you might guess uh, something like like faith or, or prayer or love, or service, and and all of those would be good answers. But Jesus actually talked about something called the kingdom of heaven, or the kingdom of God, more than anything else. Uh, It wasn't unusual in his interactions with people to say, the kingdom of heaven is near you, or to tell people the kingdom of God is at hand. Uh, He told us when we pray, as you heard earlier in the service, Uh, to pray to God, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In fact, the Gospel of Mark says the very first words out of Jesus' mouth in his public ministry was to repent, to to reorient our lives Mm -hmm. because the kingdom of heaven was at hand. And so that's our topic today. What, What was Jesus talking about when he talked about the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. And so, Emily, I guess I would throw that first question to you. When you hear Jesus talking about the kingdom of heaven, what do you, what do you think he was talking about? Well, I think what Jesus was doing was, you know, articulating a reality that was beyond what people could see. So there are earthly kingdoms, right? There was the Roman Empire. There was uh, the kingdom of Israel. So those were familiar concepts to the people that Jesus would have been speaking to and teaching. And, uh, and so Jesus used language and ideas, but to convey what God was doing in a way that was bigger and beyond what they could see, beyond what was in their maybe everyday life and in their everyday reality. I think Jesus was saying, you know, there's, there's more going on here than what you can see. Mm-hmm. And even when you maybe feel stuck in life or when you are, find yourself in situations and circumstances that are not great, uh, that God is at work and God is with you and, and God is doing something beyond your reality mm. and then here and now. What would you add to that? Yeah, I mean, if, of course, it was before the church, before mm-hmm. the institution of the mm. church. And in some ways, the, the church, I guess, is, is part of the kingdom. Uh, but I, I think it's interesting to compare it to kingdoms yeah. and nations. Like yes. When you walk in a church, you know you're in a church. 
but I don't necessarily think all the time that I'm walking down the street in the kingdom of the United States of America. That, right, yeah. That's, that's where I am, but that's, that's in a sense what he's describing, that we are, mm-hmm. that we are in a reality um, that, that is different, or compared to, but strikingly different mm-hmm. than uh, mm-hmm. the kingdoms of this world, or mm-hmm. the kingdom of Rome, or the kingdom of Israel, or the kingdom of the United States. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting, too, to think about, like, in the beginning, when God created in mm. the garden, uh, that really the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, is really a hearkening back to that original creation, right. and saying that, like, you know, yes, God created the garden, but God created everything beyond the garden too and that that god's creation god's realm like wasn't just limited to like a particular geographical Mm. you know area but it actually encompasses all of creation and so the values that jesus talks about in the kingdom of god i think are hearkening back to that original intent that god had for the universe yeah and it's interesting if you so there's the beginning of the story Mm -hmm. jesus comes and says the kingdom of heaven is at hand and then if you think about Revelation, which we won't get to in the series, like the very last thing that happens is heaven and earth passes away and a new heaven and a new earth in the form of a city mm-hmm. descends and the tree of life is in the, in the mm-hmm. city and all the nations will gather there. Uh, that, that again, that it's, it's this presence, heaven becomes a presence on the earth. Mm-hmm. That's always been what God intended. Yeah. It's beautiful, like, mm-hmm. that it, like, captures people, too, that this is, like, a place where you can belong. That's right. And that, you know, I think often we label people, you know, Jewish, Gentile, mm-hmm. <laughs> American, immigrant. We, we put these labels on people. And so Jesus is offering a way and an identity that kind of surpasses all these earthly labels, and it's a way that you can belong with God and with other people. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. So uh, the, the most common way that Jesus taught about the kingdom of heaven, he spoke about it a lot, but his teachings about the kingdom mostly were in the form of parables. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in fact, he talked in parables more about the kingdom than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I wonder if, if you could, what, what, what is a parable? Um, and, and do you have a favorite when do it comes to the kingdom? Um, Goodness. Okay, so parables are stories. Jesus was a storyteller. And so, again, he looked at the people around him. He looked at their lives. I mean, he lived their life, right? He knew what it was like uh, to be thirsty, and he knew what it was like to be hungry and, and to struggle. And, uh, and so he identified with the people around him and with their lives and, and told stories using everyday images, um, stories about fishermen and uh, sowers and uh, people baking bread. Um, And so I think he used these stories um, to kind of capture people's attention um, and give them something that they could hold on to. Like, oh, I'm a fisherman, so I know what Jesus is talking about when he's talking about being a fisherman. But of people, what does that mean? You know, and so it was a way to kind of lure people in and capture their attention. But I think also to give people things to chew about. a greater meaning and a greater purpose in both in that moment when they're hearing this story, but I think hopefully as they're like continuing to reflect on the story <laughs> after Jesus has finished teaching and to continue like to give them something to mull over and to think about like, oh, maybe how is God at work in my everyday life and in these everyday activities? 
Um, how do these everyday, what seems normal or common, mm -hmm. actually point us to God's reality mm -hmm. that's beyond ourselves? Mm -hmm. So I would say my, I've probably three favorite parables, and they don't explicitly say the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God is like, but it's three parables, and it comes from Luke chapter 15. Mm. And it's a story of maybe three different lost items. And so you have the story of the lost sheep, and then the lost coin, and then the lost son, or sons, as I like to say. Um, story of two sons, and they're both lost, but in different ways. And so in these parables, Jesus is again using everyday items and situations that people could like resonate with. And yet, like, Jesus always puts this little, like, spin on it. You know, with the story of the lost sheep, there's this shepherd who leaves 99 sheep to go after the one. And on the one hand, that seems kind of crazy that you would leave, like, you're not going to leave the majority. You don't want anything to happen to those sheep. So you just kind of write off the one that's lost. But that's not how our God works. Like, God doesn't write anybody off. You know, when it comes to people, God is always going after whoever seems to be lost. And, uh, and trying to bring them back to the fold, bring them back into God's like, love and care and, and attention. And uh, that's beautiful, right? And I think in, in our lives, there have been times when I've been the lost sheep. And I'm so thankful that God did not give up on me, that God didn't write me off, uh, that God continued to pursue me and to go after me and to bring me back um, into the fold. And then you think about like, okay, well, in that parable... Sometimes maybe I'm one of the 99. And so I'm like, why is God going after that one? Like that just, you know, that doesn't seem right. That's not fair. And so these parables also, also have a way of like upending what we think is right or what we think is fair, what we think is just, mm -hmm. um, that God pursues everybody, even the people that we would rather write off. Mm -hmm. So there's that, and then the story of the lost coin, and then the story of um, the father with the two sons. Sometimes it's the prodigal son or the lost son. And you have the younger brother and the older brother, and they're both like in need of grace, and they're both in need of acceptance and love and, and, and belonging, but in different ways. And yet God offers that to both of them. <laughs> the father, God, offers that to both of the sons. And it's just, it's just beautiful. And it relates to us, like, God's character, God's nature. It points us to God's activity in the world. Um, and whether, wherever we find ourselves in this story, like, God is in relationship with us. So those, that's a little bit, I could go on and on and on, but that's a little bit about mm. my favorite parables. But how about you? What do you think a, a parable is and... and what are some of your favorites? Yeah, I think I've heard parables said it's a, uh, a little story with a big point mm -hmm. um, that, that mm -hmm. Jesus took ordinary, everyday, very earthy things to talk about big spiritual realities. Um, particularly when he told parables about the kingdom, he always used the expression, the kingdom of heaven is like. Mm. And so he's, he's not teach, making a history lesson or a civics lesson. He's, he's doing a comparison that, that taps into our imagination. Mm -hmm. um, he, you know, if we're going to, you know, who would do that about the United States? Well, the, the United States is like a mustard seed. Or, <laughs> I mean, we, we all learned in civics, you know, here are the boundaries. Here's our system of government. Here's mm -hmm. our history. Jesus isn't doing any of that. Mm -hmm. he's, he's using these, you know, very earthy, everyday things in surprising ways to point to this reality that's 
way beyond borders and systems of, of government. Um, and, and it makes you wonder, it makes you think, it, mm -hmm. it leaves you pondering. And, and one of the things about Jesus' parables that I don't think we always get because we don't live in that world is they don't make any sense. No, no. That, yeah. that sometimes he says things about farming that just weren't right. And <laughs> you, you have to know that like the people were like, but what? No, you know, that's, not, yeah. that's not right. Um, so they could either just dismiss Jesus as not really knowing anything about farming or reflect, well, what was he, what was he talking about? Why, uh -huh. why did he say it was like, like that? Mm -hmm. um, I, 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 think, I think there's one parable that by far is my favorite, which I actually preached. My, my, one of my very first Sundays here was the parable of the great banquet, um, that, that someone, uh, a very rich person, is throwing a banquet, and all the invited guests were the respectable people, people that you, know, you would want on the list to come to your, your dinner, they all have excuses for why they can't come. So he starts sending out messengers and servants to find anybody. Like, this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. It's like a banquet that the people you thought were coming didn't come, but, but I want it full. He says, I want my house full. And so they go out to the streets, they go out to the alleys, and they go look for people hiding in bushes. And this is intentionally supposed to give us the image, like the kingdom of God is not for the people you thought. The kingdom of heaven is not necessarily for the respectable folk or the wealthy folk or the famous folk. It's for people living in the bushes. It's for people that, that don't think they're invited. They won't know unless somebody goes out. Um, and that the heart of God, which we think the, the, banquet, the banquet host is, who, who the banquet host is or what this is about, is this is heaven. That God says, I want everybody. Mm -hmm. I'm not excluding anybody here. Uh, and it's for people that don't think that the kingdom of heaven is for them, that mm -hmm. they, they wouldn't normally feel welcome. So that's, that's really my favorite. And by the way, I think it really connects well to what you said, the, the, par the parable of the lost sons, because mm -hmm. the oldest son, you would have thought, the good boy, like he's welcome <laughs> at the banquet, yeah. but he refuses to come. Right. right? Yeah. And the youngest son, who in no way deserves a party or a banquet, mm -hmm. uh, that's the one the, the father... But the father wants both. Mm -hmm. Like he wants them both there. So it's it's a nice consistency. I and think. it's also interesting that like again, throwing a banquet and just like letting anybody come. Anybody come. I mean, really kind of seems crazy. Mm. And it's like, no, you wouldn't do that. Yeah. And yet like God's intention often like disrupts our thinking <laughs> and disrupts yeah. what we would do. Yeah. I think that's what the parables were meant to do, just disrupt our thinking. Mm -hmm. I, I I also love all of the parables that point to small things. Mm, yeah. So you mentioned the, the lost sheep. Well, a sheep isn't small, but one of a hundred, that is small, mm -hmm. right? But that matters to God. Mm -hmm. uh, the woman with the lost coin, just a coin? The kingdom of God is like a coin? Yeah, yeah. it has so much value. And there's so many stories like that, that uh, the kingdom of heaven is like the leaven and the bread, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you can't even see yeast and bread or... Um, the, uh, the kingdom of heaven is like a, a mustard seed, the smallest of seed that's planted and becomes a great tree and the birds come and live in the tree. That, you know, the, the little thing that you didn't expect to be of, of importance mm -hmm. or the, the parable of the sower, that the, the seed gets sown and, and it multiplies a hundredfold, mm -hmm. right? That, that it's little things uh, that, that make a real difference in this world. And I was thinking about story, we were talking a lot about stories uh, isn't it interesting how we love stories about uh, surprising heroes? So, mm -hmm. you know, I'm thinking about uh, 
uh, Harry Potter, you know, the orphan who becomes the great magician, or, mm-hmm. or Bilbo Baggins and Frodo Baggins, little half-sized people who, you know, save the day, or Peter Parker, you know, the kid that becomes Spider-Man, and, you know, there, there's lots, lots and lots of stories like that of you wouldn't expect, mm-hmm. okay? I think there's a reason that appeals to us. Um, Jesus, in a, yeah. in a lot of ways, was little, you know, he born in a nowhere place, uh, not, not a warrior, not a king, not famous, not rich, and yet mm-hmm. God saves the world through, yeah. through him. Um, I, I like that, 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 that the work is done in the little things we do, um, and we can trust in that. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean do little things, but that, uh, that God's always working even in even the little things. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's interesting, like, to even think about the parable with, like, the talents, and so, like, you know, so much talents are, you know, five talents are given to this person and two talents and then one talent. And it's like, you know, it doesn't matter with what you're given, mm-hmm. whether it be one or five or, you know, however many, uh, but it's what you do with it. Yeah. And so it's yeah. like, how do those little things work? <laughs> yeah. How do you put what's been given to you, what's in your hand and, um, you know, what gifts you have, your particular advancedness, like yeah. how are you using that yeah. um, in ways, even small ways for the kingdom? Yeah. And one of the things I like in that particularly, we, 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 talk, we talk a lot about what do I do with the talents God has given me, but mm-hmm. what I do with my talent has everything to do with what I think of God. Right. Right. So in that story, you know, two of one's given 10 talents, one's given five. Uh-huh. They go out and invest it and they do so much yeah. more with it. And the, the master who gave them the talents is well done. Like, that was great. They felt the freedom to go use it. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then there was one who only had two, mm-hmm. and he buried it. And, and when, he said, when the master says, well, why did you bury it? Mm. He says, well, because I knew you were, you were harsh and unforgiving. And, and so he was scared to use the talent, right? Yeah. So, you know, this, there, there's a sense in that, po- in that parable of, the kingdom is a place of freedom, mm-hmm. like that God invests in us mm-hmm. so that we can do incredible things. We don't have to be afraid of God, like mm-hmm. I don't want to mess up. And um, mm-hmm. that really says a lot about the nature of God's kingdom and, and what he offers us in it, I think. Yeah, for sure. So go ahead. Well, I was just thinking, you know, again, going back to the banquet that you talked about or with the parable of the prodigal son where there's a banquet at the end of the story, that our God is a God that delights Mm. and enjoys God's creation. And so in thinking about what you think of God's nature connects to how you're going to use what's been entrusted to you, that going back and thinking about, well, what is God like, you know, and these parables kind of reveal to us that our God is a God that loves, that our God is a God that seeks and pursues people and uh, wants to be in relationship with people. And our God is a God that delights and celebrates mm. and enjoys us. Yeah. Um, and, and so that gives us a sense of freedom and like, I can take a deep breath and mm. like relax and rest in the presence of God. Yeah. So, so today's passage, uh, the, the parables come to Jesus and the parables, the, the, the disciples, this is live, the disciples <laughs> came to Jesus and said, um, why, do you, why do you speak in parables? And, and I've always thought that Jesus, speaking of stories, I always thought Jesus' story, our response to them sounds a little bit like the Mad Hatter in Alice in Wonderland. Uh, Alice just wants a straight answer. How do I get out of here? And uh-huh. she can never get a straight answer from the Mad Hatter. 
And, um, and so they say to Jesus, now why do you teach in parables? And he said, oh, well, I teach in parables so that hearing you won't understand and, and seeing you won't comprehend, which makes no sense <laughs> at all. Right, yeah, right? yeah. Um, like, why would you tell a story and not want somebody to understand it? Why would you yeah. teach people and not, right? What, right. What, what do you think is going on there? Yeah, I feel like any teacher, whether you're a professional teacher or you just have the gift of teaching, that you want people to understand. Mm. And so that seems weird. The one thing I keep kind of going back to with that is that often if I'm listening or someone's teaching me or someone's talking to me or whatever, I I wonder sometimes when I'm at my best, when I'm at my better moments, I'm actually listening to understand rather than listening to just respond. Mm. And I think there's a difference. Mm. Like, are you listening to like rebut what the other person says are you listening to like, well, actually, you're wrong, and let me tell you why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are you actually listening to understand the other person's perspective, the other person's experience? Are you listening with the intent of connection? Mm. And so I think when Jesus particularly is talking to some of the teachers of the law of the day, they were always wanting to kind of trap Jesus mm-hmm. and say, well, you said this, or you did this, and, and that contradicts the law, and, and so you're a lawbreaker, and, you know, we're going to hold you, you know, in contempt or whatever. And, and Jesus is like, no, that's not what I'm about. Mm-hmm. Like, my teaching isn't to try to, like, pass a test right. or, you know, prove you right or wrong but it's actually about transformation right. <laughs> and connection. Yeah. And so I think it's all about like, with what intent are you listening and seeking Jesus? Mm. So what do you think when you hear those, that riddle of listening and, and seeing? Yeah, I mean, I think he's, he's inviting us into a spiritual reality, which the kingdom of heaven is, but it requires a spiritual disposition, mm-hmm. right? A, a heart right. that's open, a mind that's mm-hmm. open. Uh, being w- able, being willing to consider things in a in a whole new way. Mm-hmm. Uh, for instance, I mentioned the parable of the mustard seed. Uh, Jesus says in that parable, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, smallest seed, but when planted in the garden, it becomes a great tree, and the birds come and make their nest in it. And like we might hear, like, oh, well, that's interesting. It's <laughs> like a tree, right? But all of that makes no sense. That the, first of all, mustard seeds don't become trees. They become bushes. And, <laughs> and the last thing you want in your garden is a tree because it shades and blocks the growth of the other things. And the last thing you want in your garden are birds to come and live in your garden. <laughs> and like That's eat. craziness, uh-huh. right? You don't want that. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, and so in essence, he's saying it's like the kingdom of heaven is like a, a weed that grows too fast for you to pull up in your manicured garden that you mm-hmm. think everything mm-hmm. is neat and tidy and in perfect rows. And it's even going to include some, some creatures you don't want there, right? Mm-hmm. That's what the kingdom of heaven is like. Well, if, you know, if, I, if I'm just going to hear things literally, then I'm just going to say, that's craziness. That, no, mm-hmm. I don't, that doesn't make sense, mm-hmm. right? It, 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 takes, it takes a different kind of openness. He's not, Jesus isn't talking about a garden, <laughs> right? He's, right. Talking about, he's talking about a kingdom, yeah. right? He's talking about a kingdom. Or... Another one of those smallness ones is the, 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 the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure buried in a field, mm-hmm. right? Or a pearl of great price. Merchant finds it and goes and sells everything he has so he can have it. Like, mm-hmm. well, like who of us would sell everything we have to have a pearl? Yeah. Right? Yeah. But he's not talking about a pearl. 
He's talking about a kingdom that mm-hmm. is worth everything we have. Mm-hmm. Um, or sometimes people read it the other way, that the, that the pearl is us, mm-hmm. and that, that God values those so much that he would give everything, his son, for us. Mm-hmm. Right? That takes a different kind of spiritual insight um, than just hearing it literally. Like, well, how much does that pearl cost? Right? <laughs> that, that's not the point. Everything. Right. It, costs, it costs everything. Yeah. He's, a- he's inviting us into to really deeper deeper viewing of what the world is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, to see the world differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to perceive differently. Yeah. 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 Good. Well, probably this is a good place to kind of maybe end with <laughs> is, you know, Jesus, one of the things that's confusing about the, the teaching on the kingdom is in some ways he talks in very present tense. Mm-hmm. The kingdom is here. The yes. kingdom is among us. The kingdom has come. But then he invites us to pray, you know, mm-hmm. thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So he talks about kingdom both in present and in future kind mm-hmm. of realities. Yeah. So I wonder, what are your thoughts about, um, you know, what ways is the kingdom still a present reality in mm-hmm. downtown Orlando? Yeah, well, I think those those kingdom moments like happen today, right? Like they happen all around us Mm. and, you know, both within our church building and on our church campus, but in the community and beyond, you know, what we would normally think is where, you know, God's activity would work or would happen. Um, But often like we're not looking for them. Mm. And, And even in the church, you know, as a pastor, sometimes we can get well, I can get, you know, focused on like the order of worship or worship's got to happen in a certain way or um, this, is, this is how things are done. This is our tradition or this is just the right way to do something. Um, and so I can get a little control and a little bit into that um, and, and perhaps not noticing where God is at work in our midst. You know, I think about... Um, recovery communities. If you've ever, you know, had someone tell you their story about, you know, hitting rock bottom <laughs> and then coming to the realization of like, I messed up and I, I, need, I need help. I need help beyond me. I can't save myself. And you hear those stories, like those are those moments where it's like God is at work. God is breaking into those moments. Mm-hmm. Um, God is breaking into our, you know, illusions of control and illusions of having everything go the way we expect or the way that we plan. Mm-hmm. Um, those are kingdom moments. That's where mm-hmm. you can say, like, God's kingdom is coming. <laughs> yeah. God's kingdom is here in our midst. Um, it's here and it's now. And um, we can celebrate and proclaim the newness of life and the new creation that God is doing. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when kind of life as we plan or life as it's happening is disrupted, for us. How about with you? Where do you see? Yeah, I think that's the that question because it is always so invisible. It's like mm-hmm. the leaven and the loaf. We don't we don't necessarily always see it, and yet mm-hmm. uh, hopefully it's always yeah. working. Or salt. Jesus said, "You're the salt of the earth." You know, salt disappears. You know, but uh-huh. hopefully begins to add its flavor. You know, I think the challenge for us always as Christians is to to live for the kingdom, uh, that it's easy to live in the kingdoms of this world and be comfortable mm-hmm. with the kingdoms of this world and to think mm-hmm. the kingdoms of this world are the answer, to think the kingdom's values of this world are the appropriate ones, the right ones. 
Uh, but the kingdom of God is always inviting us to live by a whole different set of standards and values and reality under a different lordship. And there's tremendous overlap. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're, they're not separate realities with definable borders. And yet, um, one, one, the kingdom of heaven always exists to live in, in a challenge, right? And so how do, I, how do I live in the kingdoms of this world with my eyes open, my heart open, my mind open mm-hmm. uh, for, what, for what God is doing, for what God wants to do through me, uh, mm-hmm. for, for what is only possible with God, um, mm-hmm. for, for those moments that I, I have to say, say that I, this isn't right, mm-hmm. you know, that yeah. this, this isn't right. Um, as I walked to lunch today, thinking about our conversation, I thought, you know, the, that homeless person, you know, do I see them mm, through mm-hmm. kingdom eyes or do I see them through the eyes of my schedule, mm-hmm. you know, or, or am I comfortable with, uh, you know, the, the reality of, of, of people living in poverty in our community and the world? Mm-hmm. Or when I watch the news and, you know, lots of people are suffering, you know, is it just, oh, well, that's sad, but I'm comfortable, right? Or mm-hmm. do I... Do I, do I let the kingdom be my reality that these who are suffering are my brothers and sisters in Christ? This homeless person is my brother in Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, that it calls me to something different and more, um, which I think is the challenge for us uh, as First Church. Um, are, are we just in the business of doing church? Uh, or, or are we in the business of uh, living into what we pray? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth in Orlando, Mm -hmm. in our neighborhoods, in our schools, in our workplaces. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I think that's the invitation for us to be people, uh, not just who are good Christians, good church attenders, uh, but kingdom people uh, who are involved in the work of the kingdom that Jesus inaugurated, but left in our hands to continue. Thanks, Emily, for a great conversation. Yeah, it's good. It was fun. We hope you enjoyed the podcast and that you will listen again in the future. If you enjoyed today's message, we hope you'll subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform and share it with others on social media. For more information about First Church Orlando, please visit our website at firstchurchorlando.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If this podcast is a valuable resource to you, We invite you to give to this ministry by making a financial contribution at firstchurchorlando.org forward slash give. Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.